We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello and welcome to another episode of the College to Kenton podcast, the perfect show for any and every college football and NFL fan. I'm your host, Travis May, and uh, you can find me on Twitter at FF underscore Travis M. And I'm joined again by my co-host, Stefan Leco. You can find him on Twitter at Stefan Leco, L-A-K-O, uh, if you'd like to do that. Uh, but if you're checking out the podcast for the, for the first time amid NFL draft season, uh, the College to Kenton show is really just all about the journey of the best football players uh, from beginning to end, from their high school careers as recruits through uh, you know college football to the NFL draft, all the way to debates as to whether they should be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame or not. And so we talk about the best football players. Uh, so you you might think, hey, this week we're going to be talking about NFL draft because the NFL draft is just a month away, and so we have to be talking about the NFL draft. We just did that on the last couple episodes. And uh, we'll do it again here as the, the draft approaches. But every single podcast in the world right now, if, if you listen to football podcasts, even the college football ones are, are mentioning and talking about the NFL draft. And I've and today I've pretty much listened to all of them. Uh, so I know that you, you can find that anywhere. But we're going to actually uh, take a look one year ahead uh, today and look at the 2024 class. All the best players returning to school who are eligible next year and will be in the conversations uh, a year from now that everyone is talking about today. Uh, just because why why put out the same exact thing that you're already listening to? Let's just talk about something fun and try to pre- predict the future a year plus in advance. So Stefan, you, uh, you pumped to do this today? Oh, yeah, man. And, and I think it's important too. like we're not just doing it for uh, shits and no. giggles, although no. we will be doing both of those things at some point. Um, what, (laughs) um, but this is, this is really important. Like if you have a crap ton of draft picks or you don't like where you're picking in your upcoming draft, uh, these are the players that you will essentially, uh, like if you're trading away draft picks for future picks, these are some of the players that you can be keeping in mind for, for building your teams for the future. Um, if you play in C to C leagues, like the podcast name, uh, entails, maybe uh, you can already get some production. I mean, you will definitely get production from these guys next year, uh, before they're drafted in the NFL. So a lot of really valuable reasons. I, uh, recently, well, let's see what day it was, uh, published. So earlier this month, um, I wrote an article, um, projecting the kind of our, our rookie drafts for next year. Uh, I know you wrote a similar article series of articles last year. So we're kind of going to be jumping through that stuff too. Um, I am curious how different, uh, your, order is going to be for mine it'll be fun to to talk through some of that and see where we agree and where we disagree i think a lot of times we agree in a lot and i think today might be a little different from what you uh told me yeah i think so i think i think just knowing um how my my process has just been shifting my perception and uh towards a lot of these players uh has been kind of up in the air but um really trying to resettle as i plan ahead and uh, we're about to over at mojo get a bunch of these guys added to the platform so really wanted to make sure that the price is right uh, but, you know, even if you're not into fantasy football and you're not trying to fix your rosters right now, you're just into real football, like your your favorite team, uh, even if they don't, you know, fix the position that you want them to this year, these players might be in the mix uh, next year uh, that could change your franchise forever, at least on the off- offensive side of the ball, because we're, you know, we're a fantasy football fo- focused show. So we'll just uh, get into it and start yeah. mock drafting here. 
this is dynasty format, kind of rookie drafts. You know, assume that there you, you start two quarterbacks. Actually, just to keep things interesting, we don't want to completely ignore that position. So assume you start right, right. two quarterbacks, and it's tight end premium. So a little bit of a boost and juice there for your tight ends to get a little bit more love uh, for your PPR fantasy formats. Uh, but yeah, so Stephon, I can't host the show and then also just say, hey, I get the first pick. So right. <laughs> I'm going to let you go first and take the most obvious selection in this entire draft, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's uh, Shadur Sanders. No, I'm just kidding. I don't even think he's eligible. <laughs> but, um, oh my no, he might be, but he's not going to no, be no, going no, no. Caleb Williams, quarterback USC. It was only a year ago that you were telling me and explaining, um, going through the numbers, telling me how Caleb Williams just put together one of the most impressive um, freshman seasons for a quarterback of all time. Um, yeah. And he followed that up by winning the Heisman Trophy. And still somehow um, there's still room to grow for this guy. Like he is amazing. He's got all the weapons he could, he could want in my opinion at USC. Uh, He's got an offense that will utilize his strengths and hide some of his weaknesses. Although I'm not sure what those weaknesses are. Um, Absolutely (laughs) ridiculous player, 52 total touchdowns, only five interceptions. Uh, His rushing numbers took a little bit of a dip, but I, I think because he didn't need to be running a whole lot. Um, I think he still shows enough mobility when need needed. Uh, Caleb Williams seems like a slam dunk pick here. Yeah, I'm not going to say that you're wrong. I mean, I think even last year we were discussing, hey, should we just, if, if we were in a Debbie fantasy format or, or just trying to project the best players in the next few classes, isn't Caleb Williams already the number one pick? And, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and I think if you didn't uh, take Caleb Williams as the first overall selection in a Debbie for, uh, format last year, uh, or any or any kind of format last year, you were probably taking you know C.J. Stroud or, or Bryce Young. Most people last year thought it was Bryce Young. I myself took C.J. Stroud uh, in a couple spots, like first overall, um, just about a year ago, and that that's looking like that's going to work out, uh, yeah. just because he's probably going to go number one to uh, the Panthers. But but yeah, Caleb Williams is the easy pick here, as he's looks like a generational kind of prospect and yep. and could be you know the absolute savior he, of a franchise looks- and. And he looks like the safest pick. Looks like the safest pick for sure. Yeah. Uh, And and our boards are actually already going to uh, go in different directions right here. And that's because I'm going to uh, go with Marvin Harrison Jr., uh, Ohio State wide receiver. Uh, Of course, son of the Hall of Fame wide receiver, Marvin Harrison. And uh, Marvin Harrison, when you think of him, like he's he was a smaller guy, a little lean guy, uh, fantastic possession guy. Uh, you know, a billion catch target for Peyton Manning. Uh, but you don't think of really tall, you know, 6'3", and like incredible wingspan, uh, incredible vertical speed, uh, just like Julio Jones level athletic specimen necessarily. But that's that's what Marvin Harrison Jr. is looking like. And he's looking like he's the absolute answer at that position for any franchise. And there's already buzz. Uh, and there has been for months that he could be, you know, a top five overall NFL draft pick next year, if not in the conversation to go number one overall, which is like never happened. So that he's, he's just the easiest, most obvious slam dunk pick. Like if he was in the NFL draft this year, he would have been the first wide receiver off the board. Uh, I think that's probably not even up for debate, you know? And so like after similar to Jamar chase, after his, his true sophomore year, he could just set out his entire final season or third season. It will be his final collegiate season, yeah. but and and automatically be a top ten pick next year. And that's that's the kind of player that we're talking about. I mean, I could go in, in a safer direction. Uh, you might think anyway, given the format that we're drafting for, and go after a quarterback here, uh, or I could go with the upside of a running back and the immediate impact they probably have from a feature back standpoint for fantasy purposes. But I'm going to go with the, the player that I think I'm, I'm building my roster long term. And I'm mm. going to, I think that's where NFL teams are going to be. And the, the real football value uh, and the added co- contract value, you're going to see teams all over uh, taking him in inside the, the top 10 next year. So it's going to be a lot of fun to see how high he goes and how productive he is. Because last year he, he had what almost 80 catches for like 1,300 yards and 14 scores. Yep. Just absolutely dominant. And teams knew where the ball was going. It didn't matter. Uh, he and, and Mekabuka were both dominant, but he was the, the most impressive week-to-week player in the country at the position. 
and uh, and it's going to stay that way in the in, in the NFL maybe when he when he gets there too. Well, I think I'm going to counter here with you're overhyping him. He only had 77 receptions, not 80, and he had 1263 <laughs> yards. Not oh, okay. No. Sorry, um, I rounded up. He, my bad. He's also he's also my wide receiver one. Uh, I think he will be the first receiver selected next year. So I can't yeah. argue much. It's just different philosophy as far as uh, when we're taking which players. But to me, he is also the wide receiver one going into next year. And I think too, like not only like you, you, you rattle off some of the statistical production that has been really great, but if you talk to like film guys, they love him. And if you see just how different the offense operated with him on the field and off the field, like you could tell that he was, um, he was kind of the, uh, the, the straw that stirs the drink. I hate that expression. Um, but he was really good. Uh, are you nervous at all about Kyle McCord or Devin Brown coming over, um, starting this year, kind of a drop off from what Marvin Harrison has seen in the past few years. Uh, you're not, Oh yeah. I mean, it should be, uh, it should be, we, they they have had back to back really solid passing quarterbacks and that offense, uh, I'm surprised the offense doesn't get more knocks as being like, you know, a dozen plays with window dressing, you know, it's like, it's not actually super complex. Because Tennessee gets a lot of shit for that. Oh my gosh. It's like, and people don't even know what the offense is called. Like they don't even yeah. understand like where it came from. They don't understand that it came from the Bryle system at Baylor back in the day. And yeah, now people call it the beer and shoot. Um, and then they don't understand the spacing. They don't understand the roles within it. I get, but they just hear uh, a take and then they just parrot it and say, Oh, like that, that doesn't really translate to the pros, blah, blah, blah. There are several college offenses that don't really translate necessarily directly to a pro style offense. There are a few in college football that really do. But because of that, I'm not uh, partially because of that. I'm not. I'm not super concerned about yeah. whoever they decide to go with at, at quarterback for Ohio State. And I do believe it's going to be Colin Cord. Um, and we saw, you know, limited action from him uh, this year, and he was successful against a bad team. But you know, it's just I think Harrison Jr. is going to dominate regardless. So, I mean, yeah. uh, there there are basically four or five prospects in the last twenty years that that put up this good of a true sophomore season. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I have no questions with him and, and his like production profile and, uh, from a film standpoint, anything at all. Yeah. All right. Well, at one Oh three, if you don't mind, um, cause again, I, I, no, I don't mind. You're the only other one on the show. So <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, there's no real, like I wouldn't be using a veto if we were doing vetoes in this, uh, episode, like we have in the past when Matt's with Bay has joined us. So, uh, so I'm, I'm totally good with you. Um, this is again, assuming that I'm not also the one who took had the 101 i'm guessing we're just mocking as if these are different people taking them but yeah, to me at exactly. this point in the draft um i'd be ecstatic to to go with the quarterback from north carolina drake may um talk about a guy who is probably nfl ready uh right now i think drake may is there uh, i thought it was interesting too that he decided to stay at north carolina stay in the similar offense with the people he knows as opposed to transferring i know that there were um there's been rumors that you know even alabama was asking if he might be interested to transfer but he he decided to stay um in his in his 14 games uh he threw over 4300 yards rushed for almost 700 yards he had seven rushing touchdowns and 38 uh through the air um this is with josh downs being injured and banged up for a lot of the year throwing to guys who you know decent recruits but no one like electric that is you know marvin harrison type guy um I love Drake May. Uh, he's Drake Mazing. We've talked about this before. Uh, to me, he is clearly the, the second the second quarterback um, in this draft. I think he also gets very early first-round capital. Um, and I think he's a slam dunk. I think he's going to be excellent at the next level as well. Well, uh, I'm not going to argue there. Like the, o- the only other player I was actually considering at the two slot was Drake May, and that's just because of the upside that we've seen him. Like it, all of his raw stats are just absolutely absurd. Stupid, um, stupid. I mean, he was just one of the most productive rushing quarterbacks and passing quarterbacks in the country last year. So there's just not much to say in terms of how impressive his season was last year. Maybe, maybe at times there were a couple uh, scenarios where you know teams got smart about how they blitzed him and his you know, affected his decision-making, but overall we're talking about a, you know, in his first season of action, you right. know, going, throwing 30, 38 touchdowns to seven picks and over 4,000 yards and being immensely uh, efficient throughout that posting, you know, above 90th percentile pass efficiency marks by however 
you want to measure it, whether it's EPA per play, whether it's, uh, you know, any kind of adjusted yards per attempt, or even my scheme adjusted pass efficiency, every lens you want to try to look at his profile, it screams, hey, this guy's probably a first round quarterback himself. He's just not yeah. as safe, perhaps, as uh, Caleb Williams. So yeah, I love it. Can so you... we got Caleb Williams, USC, Marvin Harrison Jr., Ohio State, Drake May, North Carolina. And I'm up at four, but I think you have something you want to say before I, I make say, my selection. Could... Could you imagine if Quinn Ewers had put up Drake May numbers, just how crazy the hype would be? Oh, man. Like, if he had a name that people were more, um, yeah, just more familiar with, because no one really, not many people knew Drake May going into last year. Like, oh, how how is he going to do? He was a big recruit. But um, anyway, it's just interesting. Like, I, those numbers were just insane. So, yeah, 104 yeah. to you. I mean, a lot of people in our nerdy space know, knew who he was, but like a lot of people are just right. on the periphery of college football, like, you know, didn't know. Oh yeah, obviously Drake May is going to go off in this way. No, that, like we we can be confident in his skill set and still not expect him to do what he just did last year. I'm going to go uh, with Trevion Henderson, uh, running back, Ohio State, and I, uh, you know, I, I kind of second guess myself a little bit when when I think about Trevion Henderson, but that's just a little bit of uh, recency bias fueling yep. uh, that that uh, that fear and that you know he just struggled I uh, was dinged up and and you know it was not himself at times last year you know played in I think eight games last year and still got to you know 600 yards from scrimmage but he lost a bunch of his efficiency last year he was just not the same player he wasn't utilized in the passing game the same way right. uh, his, his his efficiency numbers whether it's EPA or yards per carry whatever you want to do it knocked by like 25% plus. And so it's like, man, that's not the direction you want to go. Uh, but as a true freshman, he, he put up over 1,500 yards in scrimmage and was the most productive back in the country in his class after already being the most impressive recruit coming in. I mean, he was the five-star. Everyone knew this guy was the running back one in his class. Uh, and he looked very much like that part <laughs> as a true freshman. Um, you know, and the other guys that people want to throw into the conversation – as the running back one for 2024, you know, Raheem Rocket Sanders and uh, Braylon Allen uh, of uh, Wisconsin, uh, Raheem Sanders being uh, from Arkansas. Those guys were impressive and, and productive again, back to back years. It's just uh, basically the order went Trevion, uh, Braylon Allen, and then Raheem Sanders in year one. And then Sanders and Trevion just switched places in year two. But uh, I, I am intrigued just to see how things work out this year because it's going to be a new scheme at Arkansas and see do we do they utilize the running backs in the same way uh new scheme for Braylon Allen uh you know they're bringing in Luke Fickle up there at Wisconsin does he rush less maybe get more utilized in the uh, passing game I don't I, they're just questions uh schematically there you know things could shift in their profiles and how they project next year maybe in a good way but maybe not uh and if we just get healthy Trevion Henderson for Ohio State this year I think he absolutely annihilates gets closer to 1800 plus yards from scrimmage perhaps and is back to being the one of the most dominant backs in the country so pick four Trevon henderson seems pretty easy to me yep i'm with you he's my number one running back as well with hesitation as you mentioned for all the same reasons that he mentioned i don't really have much to add um so so i won't waste any time you mentioned the receptions <laughs> but yeah he 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 only he averaged like half a reception a game that's not what yeah, we want to see rough. from him. But um, I think that changes. But he's shown the skill set. Like it's not like he forgot how yeah. to catch. You know? Oh yeah, so, exactly. So while I'm a little nervous, um, I feel like I shouldn't be, and I think <laughs> it's the right pick. Yeah. Yeah. All right, man. Well, are we gonna stay chalk, or where are you going here next pick? Well, well, we'll see if this is chalk or not. You just mentioned him. I'm going with Rocket Sanders here, uh, running back, Arkansas. Uh, there wasn't a ton of hype around him going into last year, but there sure is now, and for good reason. Um, he had a seven, he had seventeen hundred scrimmage yards, twelve touchdowns, averaging over two receptions a game. Uh, he's six two two twenty five. He's got the build, um, and with that big frame, he can still move really fast. Uh, his name his nickname's Rocket for a reason. Um, he has the burst that you need uh, to exceed at the next level. I do expect he'll be the number two, the second running back taken in next year's draft behind um, Trevion Henderson. So um, I like Raheem Sanders a lot in this spot. I know you and I have talked about him um, last year a lot too already. You were kind of excited about him before a lot of other people were too. Um, so I'm guessing you're cool with this pick. Maybe yeah. you would go somewhere different, but you probably don't hate it. 
No, I, I mean, I probably shouldn't have mentioned the, all, all the players that were going to go in, in succession after my last <laughs> pick. <laughs> but maybe we are going to be a little bit, at least in, in agreement on these earlier picks because, yeah, Rocket Sanders, to me, uh, is right there in the mix. I mean, he's just a massive human that runs yeah. way too fast for what yeah. he should be able to do. Uh, he's got great balance. He has all the skills that you want a running back to have. And uh, I mean, he's like 6'2", 225 maybe, you know, at, at, at the combine, maybe he'll come in at, like close to 230 and still run sub 4'5". So really intrigued by his athleticism. And, uh, but yeah, I am, I am not maybe a little concerned with uh, what Arkansas is going to be doing this year. I think it's going to be more friendly uh, in the passing game, but maybe they, they just actually utilize him more in that way. And we see a, a full skill set come together in a way that makes him the you know, the running back one candidate that uh, we we think he could be. I think worst case, he drops to running back three. Uh, right. And, and he could rise up into running back one conversations in the class. So, yeah, I like that pick here, Raheem Rocket Sanders at Arkansas. Um, we'll see what happens with the offense there and if they struggle overall. But I think K.J. Jefferson is uh, really underrated. So I think he's going to help uh, Sanders continue to have success this year. Uh, pick uh, six, I'm actually going to go with Braylon Allen of Wisconsin. And yes, there are concerns with the changing offense. Do they lean into Braylon Allen uh, the same way that they have in previous years? I don't think they have to in terms of uh, him as a runner, uh, but they, they still do have questions at wide receiver. So I think he could actually start catching some passes for once because he only has like 21 catches through his first two seasons. So I'd love to see him get integrated into that portion of the game uh, a little bit more this year. I mean, almost identical seasons production wise. Uh, His efficiency dipped a little bit this last year uh, as Wisconsin as a program kind of dipped last year uh, at times. But yeah, Braylon Allen, I think he's going to have his best season ever. And this one, two, three punch of 2024 uh, is going to look a lot better than the one, two, three of, of whatever we see this year. I know I love the depth for 2023 at the running back class, but this one, two, three punch at running back for, for next year, 2024 looks like a lot of fun. So that's my yeah. pick at pick six. And this is where I think this, uh, this pick range is where we might start to disagree, but I, I am intrigued to see which direction you go just positionally and, uh, and which player you think is best outside of this top six. Cause I think this is, uh, with the ADP resources that you find, you know, in terms of 2024 changes. guys, like this is where it starts to diverge a little bit. Yeah. Real quick. Uh, should, should uh, Braylon Allen continue to produce like he has, he'll be one of very few running backs to have back to back to back 1200 rushing yard seasons. Not many people oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, have done that. Like absolutely yeah. insane. Absolutely insane. So I, I like that pick a lot too. He is my running back three. I have a couple of other players um, ahead of him, um, including who I'm going to go with right now. Um, and that is yet another Ohio State player. I'm going to Mecca Ibuka right here. Uh, like him a lot. Okay. Are you laughing because of all the Ohio State guys or because I reached on a wide receiver? No, because that was going to be my pick and I thought we were going to. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. an elite, elite recruit. Um, he had like a .995 uh, 247 sports composite score. Um, he has posted really incredible numbers, averaging nearly 100 scrimmage yards and a touchdown per game. Uh, this is with guys like Harrison and Jackson Smith and Jigba and other guys that we're going to mention later too, <laughs> probably yeah. um, at some point. Um, amazing receiver, not a whole lot else to add really. Um, these Ohio State receivers are silly. It's just ridiculous how much talent they can get into one room. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I mean, we talked about the raw numbers that Marvin Harrison put up last year, and, and Mecca Ibuka really wasn't that far behind him. And so uh, just really impressed by what they've been able to do just for a sustained number of years now, uh, bringing in yeah. the best wide receivers. And even when they aren't the best from a recruiting standpoint, they make them the best. And so Heartline just has this pipeline that is unreal. I mean, just to kind of look ahead even further now, even beyond, like after Marvin Harrison Jr. and, and – and uh, Mecca Ibuka are gone. It's like they still have like nothing but four and five stars like left. Right. And they just brought in this year uh, a trio of uh, four and five star guys that collectively uh, are a higher pedigree trio than the Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, uh, Devontae Smith year for Alabama. That's so dumb. That's so I know dumb. it is. Like they already have uh, a top 10 pick and maybe another first round pick already starting for them. And they're like, hey, you know what? We're going to bring in three freshmen that uh, are all just absurd. 
like Brandon yeah. Ennis, Carnell Tate, Noah Rogers. That trio, plus a couple other guys they brought in, uh, are just insane. And then next year, uh, that group, there's there's two that I'm really excited about, Jeremiah Smith and Mylon Graham. Uh, so they're not even they're not even going to be in college, by the way. I, yeah, we're getting yeah. way out there. They, they're going to be recruits in twenty twenty four. And you haven't but, even mentioned Kion Grace. <laughs> like, yeah, it's so like it, it's insane. Like, there's but Jeremiah Smith might be legitimately the next Julio, Julio Jones, and so they just keep mm-hmm. doing it. Like, and Mylon Graham yeah. is going to be that that shifty guy uh, that that gets immediately plugged into the Emeka Ibuka role whenever he comes in. So it's just I, I don't know how they do it, but it's it's ridiculous and so it really is and so yeah it just makes it really tough to defend them my only concern is i could see igbuka's numbers drop um i could see a scenario where mccord or brown um is able to get harrison jr his numbers um but maybe the wide receiver two struggles a bit i think people who understand uh college football and (laughs) kind of the, the nuances of the game won't look at the fact that maybe he's not yeah. as productive as a, as a flaw on his uh, profile. Yeah, and trades wise. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Ibuka was like the wide receiver one in his class as a recruit. So like, there's not really questions. Yeah. Uh, people are going to, he pops when you, uh, you know, quote unquote, turn on the tape. And so, right. Uh, yeah. Can he's, I, he's going to wow. Can I guess your 108 and you tell me if I'm wrong? Uh, go for it. Try to guess my 108. Xavier Worthy. Wide receiver, Texas. No, that is not my pick. Oh, wow. So I'm going to throw okay, you off here. Okay. Pick eight here. I'm going to go with the runaway number one tight end in the nation. Okay, that is Brock Bowers. Go. Nice. In a stacked, an absolutely stacked class this year. I mean, there's like five guys that could all go inside the top 60 picks of the NFL draft at the tight end position this year. And Brock Bowers might be better than all of them. And so I think you can just say is better than all of them. Okay, is better than all of them. <laughs> yeah. And especially for your fantasy football teams, because yeah. what he does as a receiver is just wild. Like he, he had over like over 900 receiving yards last year as a tight end, being the de facto wide receiver one for the national champions in Georgia. And and he didn't just do it this year. He did it last year already as a true freshman posting almost 900 yards the year before. So we're talking about a guy who has 1800 plus receiving yards as a tight end yeah. through two seasons. Like he, he and, <laughs> At the wide receiver position, Marvin Harrison Jr. could just sit out next year, and he'd be a first-round pick. Brock Bowers could sit out this entire season, and he'd be a first-round pick. It's, it's, right. it's very rare that that is the case, but there's no exaggeration. Brock Bowers is a lockity-lock-lock-lock for first-round draft capital next year as the perfect modern NFL tight end uh, coming out of Georgia. So he's regardless of who they have at quarterback this year, uh, if it's Carson Beck, for Georgia, that's going to be a, a bummer. Uh, but even if it's Vandegrift or Stockton, like, and they're super inexperienced, they're going to find a way, yeah, to get the rock to Brock Bauer. So pick eight. Shoot, I they don't were doing tight, tight end reverses. They were doing tight end reverses to get him. <laughs> yeah, the he ball. runs they the ball. Care. As a t- they I don't care. It's, it's he will see. Yeah. He will see his <laughs> for sure. Yeah, I mean, he, he scored like twenty four touchdowns. Like they just find a way to get him the ball in the end zone. So yeah, yeah. Brock Bowers. I don't know what to do this to tight ends this early, nope. but yeah, he's the pick. Pick number eight. Who's your pick at nine? I mean, uh, I just I like that Brock Bowers pick. I have him a little bit lower, um, but not much. And it's all the reasons you just said. Uh, maybe I have Kyle Pitts uh, fears or something like that because <laughs> uh, bad situation can can destroy great talent. Um, but I like the I like the pick there. Um, I actually am going to take Xavier Worthy, wide receiver, Texas. Um, I think last year, I don't think I know, uh, you, you titled this article, uh, the best true freshman wide receiver of all time headlines, a talented 2024 draft class, uh, referring to one is Xavier worthy. Um, so he has proven that he can be an elite wide receiver. Um, he had, like you said, one of the best true freshman seasons of all time. Um, I think the quarterback position is going to be much more stabilized this year. I think, you know, going into the season with Quinn Ewers and Arch Manning is going to be a lot better than Quinn Ewers last year. And I don't even remember who the backup was. Um, <laughs> but uh, but they had to play quite a bit because of Ewers uh, getting injured. Um, I think the, So I think the quarterback play is going to be good. I really think uh, Xavier Worthy is a special wide receiver. Um, he, uh, he should get first-round draft capital. So um, I think he's a very safe pick here towards the end of the first round. 
Yeah, I like that. I mean, he's still he's we we knew coming in he was a really skinny wide receiver, and so people had questions, but no one had any questions when it came to his speed. Uh, but last year he showed with drops a little bit at times, but it's just being kind of nitpicky with a player who's just extremely special and had a bunch of targets shoveled his way, um, and he's got you know really two good quarterbacks coming back uh, in Quinn Ewers and you know Arch Manning. I, I think it's going to be a redshirt year for. Arch Manning and Gwen Ewers is still going to be that guy. I don't think he's going to redshirt. Well, I mean, he might be on the field a couple of times, but effectively, I mean, like you can play four games, you can play four games in four games and still redshirt. So, I mean, it's just, he's leaving. Arch Manning is leaving as soon as he can leave after like, after three years of eligibility, he's going to the NFL. So it doesn't really matter if it's classified as redshirt, but no, it it really does not. But so there's going to be good quarterback play They're They're bringing in other wide receivers this year. We're we're actually getting a, you know, a healthy uh, returning uh, wide receiver from Isaiah Nair. We, we, we wanted to see him. He was, he was hurt last year. AD Mitchell transfers in. They already have, I think Whittington's still there somehow. Uh, they they're bringing in a five star wide receiver in Jonte Cook, who is incredible. And by the way, he was he was going to basically go wherever Arch Manning went. That's that's kind of what he wanted to do. Um, but man, he Jonte Cook is is an absolute speedster too. So if you pair Jonte Cook up and the wheels that he has with Xavier Worthy it's this hard. year, it's and then some kind of oh man, yeah, and then some kind of big bodied option. Uh, to go with them plus Jatavian Sanders, and tight Sanders end. Baby. it's like yeah. whoa, 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 whoa. So uh, the upside is real there. So yeah, I, I, I'm not going to knock the Xavier Worthy pick here because that that looks like uh, could be a a lot of fun. But I'm going to go back to the running back. Well, at uh, I guess yeah. what is this pick uh, 10? ten? Is that right? Pick ten. Yep. I'm going to go with Will Shipley uh, okay. out of Clemson. Not a whole lot went right at times uh, for Clemson up to, you know, Clemson standards, you know, like, like we talk about Clemson, like they're an absolute failure when they go like 10 or 11 and three, <laughs> you know, uh, right. but like offensively, they weren't uh, the Clemson that we got used to three, four years ago. Uh, but they, you know, they're, they're going to go with Kate Klubnick at, at quarterback this year and we'll see how that goes. But Will Shipley, despite all of the imperfections of the Clemson offense over the last two seasons has been impressive still uh had all, over 800 you know yards from scrimmage as a true freshman sharing the load with a couple of different running backs but really was handed the reins this past year uh in, in a way that you know you're basically our feature will shipley let's just trust you to be the guy and not only as a fantastic runner but you were going to throw almost 40 receptions your way uh and so yeah he was he was a perfect feature back he's a little leaner now he's going to get all the comps to christian mccaffrey because he's 511 200 pounds exactly which is at least that's what his list weight yeah. is and that's exactly what christian mccaffrey was at stanford yeah. uh and he can catch the ball and he's got the speed but yeah i mean he he is a tear down for me for you know from the henderson sanders allen tier but man if, if you get will shipley as a consolation prize next year you know, and round two, late, late round two somewhere. Uh, I'm all about that in terms of like a real NFL draft capital. That is. Yeah. I was curious uh, what order you had these next grouping of running backs in. So I also yeah. had Will Shipley as my next guy. So we are. Uh, we are agreeing way too much there. again. We got to we got to mix but, this up. So I'm, I'm really curious to see what your pick have, is going to be. I actually do have a few players uh, before Will Shipley. One of them is. Mario Williams, wide receiver USC, who I'm going to take here at 111. The production hasn't necessarily been there, but the talent mm-hmm. is. Uh, the skill set is good. Again, another guy, his 0.98 um, 247 sport composite score, just absolutely insane. I feel like this is one, uh, like this late in the first round, it feels like a, a great pick because the upside is immense. There's a lot of like I don't I don't think we're gonna see a great dominator rating from from Mario Williams at USC because they have so much talent there, um, but he is a difference maker. He is fun to watch. Um, I just I just love this guy uh, uh, so much. Uh, those forty receptions for six hundred thirty one yards are not gonna get people's attention, um, but I think what you see him do and how he can elevate. Um, his game, but also the quarterback around him, Caleb Williams, to be specific, um, is is very exciting. So uh, give me Mario Williams here. 
Yeah, uh, that's actually, I wouldn't have gone that direction, but I mean, we've been high on him for a while. And uh, Jordan, you know, when Jordan Addison came in, we knew, okay, it's cool that Mario Williams is there and he's got his uh, quarterback. He moved over from Oklahoma and came with Caleb Williams following Lincoln Riley. That's fantastic. He's going to be productive-ish, but when Addison came, it's like, okay, the ceiling is a little yeah. bit lower. Addison was coming off the Bletnikoff season in 2021, um, and he wasn't as, as productive and so I, I will be interested just to see how, like, like what his ceiling is. I mean, they also brought in uh, Doreen Singer uh, to be a, a massive producer for them too. So I, I wonder if he, again... I didn't it, realize it Dorian a... Singer's season was as good as it was until I was doing oh, some yeah. research. For, yeah, um... yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he, was, he was fantastic. Yeah. Um, and so if you can upgrade from one of the bottom feeders in the, in the Pac-12 to go to USC uh, to play with yeah. the best quarterback in the country, yeah, you're going to do that. Um, and so it, it, I'm not sure, like you said, what his productive ceiling is this year, but we understand the skill set. We know that, it, that it's going to translate. He's probably a day two pick, you know, like in this range of, of wide receiver for projection. But like, even, even if it, even if that's the case, like that's the floor, it feels like, you know? Yeah. That's what I think. So absolutely. Again, well, we'll see, we'll see what this looks like a year from now, but for now I'm yeah. sticking with it. Cool. Well, to round out the end of. Uh, round one for the 2024 rookie mock draft that we're doing here. I'm going to go back to the quarterback well and uh, go with Quinn Ewers. <laughs> Despite his up and downs and, and frustrating moments last year uh, and where he just did not look like the quarterback that we thought he could be. Uh, but, you know, it, he struggled because we, he had all the pressure in the world. He was the number one recruit in his class. And then he reclassified jumping to college a year ahead of time disappeared at Ohio state for a year uh, because uh, he just wanted to get to college to take advantage of name image and likeness profitability and uh, staying in Texas in high school. Uh, that would not be illegal to do so just be, just based on how their setup is in Texas. So he wanted to go get that bag. So props to him, got the bag, left Ohio state, went back to where he wanted to go anyway at Texas. And uh, you know, at times he looked incredible in the Oklahoma game. Uh, that was over immediately <laughs> this past year. He, he dominated throwing four touchdowns, had, had one uh, interception, but you know, it, not a perfect, perfect game, but it looked like, okay, this is the ceiling that we thought he could be. He could, he could have Ohio state, uh, not Ohio state, Iowa state. Then the very next week threw a three more touchdowns, seven touchdowns in two weeks. Oh, he's really taken off. And then the very next week he just falls apart and they lose yeah. to Oklahoma state and he throws three interceptions and it should have been more than that. Uh, it was it was maybe no. It was it was his worst <laughs> performance of the year. I watching that game live. I was like, man, you were about to rocket to the moon, and this is what happens. And so that game kind of defined the rest of his season. And I think that stuck with a lot of people, regardless of how the rest of his season went. Like the last couple games of the season, especially, people kind of forgot that you know he has all these tools, and he he did play incredibly in the first half of Alabama before he got hurt. And when he came back, he was actually just coming off of an injury. So he shouldn't be playing uh, perfectly uh, at all. So this year he's got, he's going to have some of the best weapons in the country with uh, Xavier Worthy, JT Sanders, uh, John T. Cook, I mentioned a couple of bit bigger bodied wide receivers to, tr to trust. And, uh, and no, he's not going to be Bijan Robinson, but yeah, but it's still very good running backs too. So uh, lots of weapons. Uh, he's still the guy that we think he is. I think, um, it, it, there's not really any stat overall that says his profile screams first round yet, but uh, as a quarterback three projection for next year, that seems pretty safe. And I, I don't think if there are three first round quarterbacks next year, that they're going to be sneaking out of round one in many rookie drafts. So Quinn yours is the pick right here. And uh, we'll be back on the other side with more, but uh, the second round, but just a word from our sponsors. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, and we're back. Kicking it off, Stefan gets back up to you. And just to recap round one, it went Caleb Williams, quarterback USC, Marvin Harrison Jr., Ohio State wide receiver, Drake May, North Carolina quarterback, Drevion Henderson, Ohio State running back, Raheem Rocket Sanders, running back from Arkansas, Raylan Allen, Wisconsin running back, Emika Hibuka, Ohio State wide receiver. I'm always going to mess that up, name, sign his name up just <laughs> yeah. a little bit. Uh, Brock Bowers, Georgia t- tight end, uh, went eight. Uh, Xavier Worthy, Texas wide receiver, nine. Will Shipley, Clemson uh, running back. I almost said wide receiver. He basically was at times. Uh, Will Shipley, Clemson running back uh, at 10. Mario Williams, USC, wide receiver at 11. And Quinn Ewers, quarterback, Texas, went 12. This is where I, I definitely see things starting to diverge in all my mock drafts, uh, all the, the boards, the rankings, everything. Uh, once we get into this range, there's a lot of disagreement. So uh, throw that off and agree with me anyway, please. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I, I will say my my first 12 picks are these exact 12 picks, just in a different order. Um, you Maybe that's not surprising since I picked half of them. But the yeah, half you I mean, picked I, are also still in my first round. So Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, every, I think everyone Williams except for Mario Williams is in, the only one. Yeah. Right? And he's yeah. 16th for me, but he's, you know, that's close. Yeah. Uh, my guy here is uh, maybe not even a starter on his own team, um, but I think he might be the best player on his team. I'm talking about one Donovan Edwards running back for Michigan. I'm going to take him 201. This dude is incredible. Um, when Blake Corum went down, we all saw what he could do against Ohio State. And if you don't remember exactly what that was, uh, he went for, again, he didn't start the game. Quorum, I think, got injured in the game. Or maybe he got, maybe he did start. Regardless, he ran for 20, 22 carries for 216 uh, and two tutties. Um, on the year, he, he finished with almost 1,200 scrimmage yards um, and, and nine touchdowns. Again, six foot, 202 pounds. Uh, he's got the size. He's got the build. He's got the makeup of... Uh, Three down back. You can do everything. I really, really like uh, Donovan Edwards a lot. I think he does get uh, day two capital, early day two capital. Um, I don't think he goes in the first round, but I think he'll be one of the first running backs taken um, outside of the ones we've mentioned before. Uh, I have him right. I have him kind of in the same tier as uh, as Will Shipley. Uh, so Donovan Edwards for me. And is, is that where uh, the divergence begins for you? <laughs> uh, you know, it's funny. I... Uh... No, <laughs> I agree. You have like, they, he's my he's my player twelve. So I keep on I keep on saying it, trying to find the moment when we're going to start really disagreeing, and uh, <laughs> we haven't found it yet. But I bet I bet the, this next player is probably not the next one uh, you take just yet. But Donovan Edwards, it's funny. Um, they're very similar weight. Donovan Edwards is a little bit thicker, I think. Uh, I think he's just as fast or faster than Blake Quorum. I, I have no idea why he's not been the feature uh, for a while already. But in terms of like yards per team play, PPR points, a bunch of uh, production metrics for running backs, Quorum's like first year and second year were very similar to Donovan Edwards. And so it'll be interesting. We all wanted Quorum to leave, just get out of town so yep. that Edwards can just do his thing and dominate and explode. And, and it's just not going to be the case there. But what it what it leads us to is it, it is one of the best backfields in the country, if not the best uh, proven, most proven at least backfield uh, in the country. Uh, and so Donovan Edwards, I mean, he's averaging like what, eight yards per touch for his career. <laughs> like just not, not quite, but almost eight That's yards Travis per touch. That's Travis Dye his... numbers right there, baby. I mean, <laughs> except against real defenses, <laughs> but you know, <laughs> but for real though, he's, he's incredible. So uh, as a running back five, if he does do actually, if he does actually declare, he might may try to come back and feature one more season. Yeah. That's uh, my only concern but, really. Yeah, but even but but that's even my if he only does, concern. Yeah, because I don't have many with him. Right. So yeah, Edwards, Donovan Edwards, running back, Michigan. He should absolutely ball out. Um, even just alongside uh, Quorum, if not just flat out surpass him uh, this year. So yeah, pick thirteen overall. Uh, kicking off to second round. Uh, pick fourteen. I'm gonna go with the player that I thought screwed himself over 
uh, with some off-field stuff to kick things off this offseason. But I'm going to go with uh, Malik Neighbors, a player that uh, convinced us all that Keishon Boutte might actually not be very good. Um, <laughs> and Keishon Boutte, I mean, we don't have to get it in him, but we really thought he was a first-round player. And yeah. then Malik Neighbors uh, started being more productive than him. Like in year two, as a, as a true sophomore, we're looking at Blake, Blake neighbors putting up over a thousand yards this season with Jaden Daniels as your quarterback and Jaden Daniels. I mean, it, it's not really knocking him as a quarterback per se. It's just that Jaden Daniels ran for almost 900 yards. So uh, he just didn't uh, throw as much as a typical quarterback uh, would. And so, uh, especially at LSU, uh, that at least that we've seen in recent years, and, and so, yeah, Neighbors was almost twice as productive on the season uh, than uh, Keishon Boutte was. Like, Boutte had barely 500 yards. Neighbors has over 1,000. And so, taking up a good chunk of the offense this year, being immensely efficient from a yards per team pass, efficient, you know, yards per team pass attempt perspective. And he's going to have one more year uh, where he should be even more so clearly the runaway wide receiver one and absolutely dominate. And if he does, I don't see him falling out of the top five wide receivers in the class just because he's going to have the production. He's going to be coming from uh, a scheme and, and situation uh, where he just absolutely dominated. It's just, uh, there's not going to be a whole lot of questions if he can keep things straight off the field that uh, would have me doubting Malik Neighbors at all. So uh, Malik Neighbors is the pick here. Uh, I guess that's pick 14 overall. Back to you. Yeah, I have him at 206, so a little bit lower, but he's still within my first two rounds. Like that pick. Hey, we finally disagreed. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. I've got I've go. got two wide receivers before him. Um, but I'm not taking one of them. I've so I've got like a few more guys to go through here. I'm gonna take Donovan Edwards uh stable mate, um, because I like to refer to human beings as horses because I'm an asshole. Um <laughs> no, I'm talking about Blake Corum. It is funny oh, that goodness. running backs get labeled with so many animal it's, names like yeah, yeah, like i don't know a, a workhorse or a bell cow i mean it's just funny um but i like blake Corum. <laughs> he will lie. not be a blake like he will not be a uh a, a bell cow because he will be sharing work with um donovan edwards but but according to pff which i know people have different um stances on them but he had a 96.2 grade which was the highest all time for a power five player uh last year which is just insane. It just shows how good he was, how efficient he was. Um, I like Blake Quorum a lot. Obviously, I like Edwards better, but Quorum is going to get, uh, I think, the bulk of the work to start the year. I think he'll be um, really, really good. And um, I think not only – I think perceived value is just as important as what they're doing. I think the hype around this Michigan program is going to help Blake Quorum a lot. Um, because he and Donovan Edwards are going to be running it so much. Um, and he is going to kind of be the face of this team, I think. Uh, so Blake Quorum to me, uh, deserves to be um, early in the second round. So let's go. Yeah, I think not a lot of people would disagree with you, considering how high a lot of people had him uh, last year. Um, I have him down a little bit further. I think he's like 20th or so overall on my board, but... Uh, there's a big chunk of wide receivers that I, I like a little bit uh, more than I do Blake Quorum, but we've all seen him succeed. And when he's healthy, he's just fantastic. And he, there's a reason he he's been able to fend off uh, Donovan Edwards uh, taking away his job completely. And that's because he's fantastic. So I think he's probably a day two back. And uh, in, in this, at this point in, in the draft, when we've seen what, four or five, like, what, six, is he running back six now? Uh, off the board so that's yeah. that's reaching a range where yeah you're, you're not going to have like surefire safe projections but he's uh he's he's up there for sure but i'm going to snipe you i think here uh, uh -oh. with my, my next pick because then i'm gonna go with uh, you do because i'm gonna take your duck i'm gonna take troy franklin out of oregon and he's gonna be the first successful oregon wide receiver in i don't know 50 billion years or so and uh yeah, well, we'll see if he actually works out it. in the NFL. But uh, what he's done uh, in just two seasons has been really impressive in terms of uh, every meaningful metric that you want to look look at, whether it's uh, you know his, his yards per team pass attempt, his, his dominator, his even like uh, his contested catches, and you know any kind of like film based metric or just a box score kind of based metric. We're talking about a player that uh, has been really special. He had the pedigree coming in. Uh, he was the highest rated. 
a recruit that Oregon had, had pulled in several years, and then he actually lived up to it. That's the weird thing because <laughs> they, they haven't been known to do that at, uh, at Oregon. So I'm going to go with Tro- Troy Franklin here. Uh, I think you find a lot of people um, in agreement that he's he's in this range, at least a, mi- a mid-round two type uh, projection uh, for rookie drafts next year. Yeah, I love it. I mean, I've talked about this so much. It's been 50 years since Oregon has had a wide receiver drafted in the first round. And I think Troy Franklin probably doesn't break that curse, but if anyone's going to, it's going to be him. I could see him having an absolute monster year. I mean, he had 61 catches for what? 890 yards and nine scores last year. You could see that the passing game really utilized um, his strengths. Dante Thornton is gone. Now he transferred out to Tennessee, I believe. So while we brought in uh trash on Holden, and a couple other, you like why I put that in there? That's how you have a nickname <laughs> just, for him. Just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I think this is Franklin's team. Uh, I think he is going to ball out and have just an incredible year. I love it. I love it. I have him actually right behind Malik Neighbors. Um, so uh, you actually, uh, I thought you were going to go with a different Oregon Duck. Spoiler alert: Who I'm going to Spo- take here at two o five, and that's Mr. Bo Nix. Um, call me crazy. Stop <laughs> laughing. This is not a joke. Um, I was more hesitant about most people with Bo Nix coming to Oregon and then staying in Oregon. I'm a diehard Ty, Tom- uh, Ty Thompson truther, uh, so it's hard for me to do this. But, I mean, you can talk about Bo Nix um, probably even better than I can. Um, like, you were the one who told me about his 94% scheme-adjusted pass efficiency rating. Absolutely insane. Um, I mean he had 14 rushing touchdowns on 500 yards. Like he's, he's certainly not the same quarterback. Um, that was at Auburn, in my opinion. Uh, I think he's really changed and developed. I think this next year, people are going to see that even more. Um, I really think having a new offense in place, um, rather than the one that was employed by, uh, like the old regime with Mario Cristobal. I mean, I'm a little nervous with, um, Oh, new Arizona state head coach, Wyatt Dillingham moving on. It'll be interesting to see what happens, but I think Bo Nix is going to put another crazy productive season together and force himself uh, to be drafted. And I think he's okay. the type of guy who can produce for fantasy football with his rushing numbers. Nice. Well, I'd love to see it. I mean, like when you, when you talk about his uh, efficiency last year as a passer, his uh, ability as a runner, uh, you're, you're looking at a player that is just not the same version that we saw at Auburn. He just played a bunch of yellow ball trying to, you know, take on the world at Auburn. Uh, and he did that at times for Oregon as well. But at the same time, it looked like a, a way more controlled version of that. Um, his pass selection was a lot better. His consistency was a lot better. His ability to actually, you know, go beyond the first and second read and not feel like he had to immediately tuck and you know just make some absurd play with either his legs or exit the pocket and you know fling it down field into a contested situation that wasn't where he always went uh and so you, you he had like what 44 total touchdowns last year completed 72 percent of his passes uh and his eight out wasn't super low either so it's not like artificially inflated efficiency or artificially inflated completion rate it's it's uh he was his eight out was like almost 10 yards downfield and so uh, yeah, I, I'm, I laughed initially just because I know the journey that we've seen him go mm-hmm. through from Auburn to now. But there are some people that that do think that there's a chance he's a, a day two pick at quarterback next year. And if we're saying that now, we've seen guys leap from that. Uh, you know, he's probably a day three guy with tools or whatever. To hey, he could be in the first round conversation. So I wouldn't take that selection right here. But there's probably going to be a fourth quarterback that leaps up into this range or beyond. So yeah, I mean. That's not crazy uh, when we're, we're talking about inserting some sort of quarterback four option in its range. But I'm going to take it back to the wide receiver position. I mentioned there was kind of a big group of those guys for me. And I'm going to go with a guy that I believed in for a very long time and still do. Uh, he has five-star pedigree. He is playing for like one of the best programs in the country. Uh, the wide receiver position struggled for the team that I'm talking about here. That is Alabama last year in terms of like finding a true hey, who's our wide receiver one identity type play? And part of it was, hey, we have this incredible uh, electric pass catching uh, receiving back in Jameer Gibbs, and he actually had more receptions than any of the wide receivers did last year. And so that that didn't leave a lot of production for 
uh, the wide receivers to have crazy, you know, thousand yard plus seasons, but they don't really have that kind of player this year in the backfield. So I think we see a little bit more production from Ja'Cory Brooks and whoever their wide receiver two is, if that's Jermaine Burton or if uh, Kobe Prentice grows into uh, his his role a little bit more, or if Malik Benson, the JUCO transfer, comes in and takes somebody's job. But I think the safest projection this year and moving forward is Ja'Cory Brooks. And and I think um, when he surpassed Tra- uh, on Holden uh, for a, a similar role, he became the go-to option for Bryce Young that was trusted. And so I think he has the best year. I think we see a thousand plus receiving yards from him, and he is a day two, if not first round wide receiver, given his five star pedigree and potential. Uh, that we saw uh, early on, even in, in high school at him. So that's 2.06 over to you. We got six more picks to make. Let's do yep. it. Yep, I like that Shakori pick. I typed it in before you said it. Um, yep. I've got <laughs> him at 205. So I've got him right in this range right too. Yeah. Um, right ahead of Troy Franklin and Malik neighbors. Um, my next one uh, might surprise a few people, uh, possibly myself, because I can't pronounce his last name. Uh, Rome Odunze, wide receiver, Washington, guy that not many people know about, but had an insane year. Uh, aside from uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. and Emeka Ibuka, had the highest producing. Uh, he's the highest producing returning wide receiver in the country with um, you know seventy five receptions, eleven forty five yards, and eight total touchdowns. Um, at a school that struggled, let's be honest, Washington wasn't elite last year. Um, I think he is a, a special talent. I think McMillan being there too. Um, will help because uh, they can't just focus uh, only on him. So uh, if you watch some late night Pac-12 football, you'll enjoy watching this guy play. Yeah, uh, I, I do like Rome Odunze. Actually, I actually like uh, Jalen McMillan, his teammate, a little bit more. I think McMillan reminds me a whole lot of uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, but that's not who I'm going to take uh, right here. I'm actually going to go with uh, a running back that I'm not sure everyone is super up to speed on uh, just across the country. Uh, but uh, you know him because he actually originally went to Oregon, but he transferred to Florida State and immediately Benson. became one of them. Yeah, Trey Benson, running back, Florida State. He was one of the most impressive per carry uh, type athletes in the country. Uh, his missed forced uh, his missed tackles forced rate was one of the best in the nation, and among all Power Five uh, running backs with like uh, I think it was over 120 carries on on the year. He was either first or second in terms of his yards after contact per attempt as well. So he's just forcing missed miss tackles left and right, adding yards after contact. He's just a ferocious type runner, and you know he's missed time because of that style. But he's also just an incredibly uh, productive guy. I think this year uh, there's already a lot of hype surrounding Florida State. I think he's going to become a household name uh, this year and be one of the most productive backs in the nation. That's Trey Benson, Florida State. I like that, and I kind of hate that he's not even on my in my first two rounds because I need to move him up. Um, he is he is a special special talent. Um, yeah. I'm gonna go with I don't think he this guy is gonna be in your uh, top twelve. Just I mean top twenty four just because of you already talked about the tight end position. But I'm gonna go with Michael Trigg. If there is anyone else that's gonna get some hype around the tight end position, it is gonna be Michael Trigg, uh, tight end for Ole Miss. Uh, Ole Miss is going to have, um, they have quite the uh, QB battle going on there. So I, I think he's going to have someone really good throwing him the football. Uh, Lane Kiffin knows how to uh, scheme people open. When Trigg went down with his injury last year, it was a real disappointment for their team. I think you could really see the production overall kind of drop off after it. Um, he's six foot four, two forty five. great hands, athletic. He can move well. Um, he needs to have a good year to get the draft capital that, we need to see, but I think he will. And in a tight end, tight end premium league like this one, um, you know, it's, it's sometimes hard to find those good guys. So Michael Trigg late in the second round seems like a good pick to me. Nice. Uh, well, our boards are definitely starting to diverge then. Uh, Cause I'm actually going to go uh, because the tight ends are flying off the board and I'm worried about you sniping me at this next slot. I'm going to go with Jatavian Sanders uh, tight end Texas. I'm not sure he's going to have the raw production that he had last year because they keep out on adding more uh, receiving threats there. But JT Sanders was, you know, and he was in his recruiting process, he was a five-star athlete, like top 10 to 12 player in the, in the entire class for quite some time. Decides to go tight, tight end. He could have been an edge rusher. He's just a freak athlete. You know, he's six, six, four, six, five, 250, 260 pounds, and he can move like really well. And if it weren't for Brock Bowers, we'd be talking about him as the runaway tight end one, I think, in my opinion, 
uh, for, for next year because of the production that we just saw last year. Like as a tight end, he, he was actually up to one, like over 1.5 uh, receiving yards per pass attempt, which like average for a second year tight end is actually below even just one yard per team pass mm, attempt. Wow. And a bunch of the metrics that we talk about in terms of team attempt, route run, he's above average, but Bowers, you know, dwarfs his production, but he's way right. up there. And I think he's going to be uh, a no brainer, top 40, top 50 kind of selection uh, next year. So I'm going to go JT, JT Sanders, uh, t- tight end Texas. Uh, and I guess we've uh, got uh, how many picks more uh, to, to go? Have, There's two more, right? Each have one pick left and we're, we're uh, coming up on the we'll hour. Make it count. Perfect. Make it count. Um, I'm going with one of my uh, rider dies. I've loved this guy. Never stop believing. Even when he disappeared, I'm going wide receiver, Tennessee, brew McCoy, love brew McCoy so much amazing recruiting profile one of the top receivers in his class five star 0.994247 composite score started off at usc struggled um off the field with some stuff and kind of disappeared landed in tennessee perfect match with hendon hooker um he is kind of gonna be i mean tennessee still has a lot of great uh squirrel white's gonna be there we've got a lot of other fun tennessee uh volunteer wide receivers but i think brew mccoy uh is gonna stand out just uh He's incredible. Uh, he's such an um, impressive athlete. Uh, he's going to test well. He's going to get drafted day two, um, I think. And Brew McCoy, uh, the the renaissance of his career is going to be very fun to to watch. And um, yeah, I want to be a part of it. So two eleven, Brew McCoy. Nice. I I he wasn't actually on my radar just because there's just so many wide receivers that I wanted to take uh, yeah. in this range. Um, but yeah, I mean the, the potential that we saw, like just, I guess, a few years ago now, uh, is through the roof. So if he puts it together in a really fun wide receiver friendly offense this year, we could see him kind of just climb boards like crazy, just like we saw Jalen Hyatt climb boards, climb boards like crazy. And now uh, Hyatt's gone. Tillman's gone. Uh, we're going to have, uh, some, you know, they, like you said, they have some other faces, but, uh, awesome opportunity for him. Dorian Singer is going to be the last yeah, nice. pick of this draft. Uh, we mentioned him earlier. He is there now at USC coming off that 1100 yard season for Arizona, uh, where we all thought it was going to be Jake, Jacob Cowing being the wide receiver one singer was actually the better player. I think there's a good chance. He's, he actually outproduces Mario Williams and uh, you know, maybe goes in the same draft range. He, he seems like around two wide receiver and more and more, we're seeing more than a dozen wide receivers get taken inside yeah. of uh, day two. So Seems like a really safe projection to be an early selection next year. So that ends round two. Uh, just to recap round two, um, we've got Donovan Edwards, running back Michigan, Malik Neighbors, wide receiver LSU, Blake Quorum, running back Michigan, Troy Franklin, wide receiver Oregon, Bo Nix, quarterback Oregon, Ja'Cory Brooks, wide receiver Alabama, Rome Odunze, wide receiver Washington, Trey Benson, Florida State, running back, uh, Michael Trigg, tight end Ole Miss, JT Sanders, tight end Texas, Rue McCoy, wide receiver, Tennessee, and Dorian Singer, wide receiver, USC. And that that will do it for our two-round 2024 rookie mock draft. Uh, and we'll be, at, be back with more NFL draft coverage uh, in the coming weeks. But we just wanted to mix it up and, and take a look ahead and try to re-gauge uh, where we should be thinking about these wide receivers, quarterbacks, tight ends, running backs, all these uh, future NFL stars that are going to just absolutely ball out this fall. Uh, anything for the listeners before we go, Stefan? Uh, just real quick. I think it's uh, interesting. Like we took uh, three tight ends. We took four quarterbacks, 10 wide receivers, seven, yeah, seven running backs. So kind of that distribution. I think, I think that's yeah. um, pretty good for a two round uh, draft. Ten, yeah. So I think that's great. I, I love these players. Of course you can follow us along on, on Twitter um, or wherever you want yeah. and and, and uh, like whether it's you know rate review and uh, throw a question uh, in there about uh, stuff you'd like us to talk about hit us up on Twitter uh, I'm excited for this man this is this is a fun time of year getting ready for the draft and for you and I looking ahead to future drafts as well um, I'm looking forward to going to the CU spring game in a couple of weeks here on the 22nd yeah. and I'll, uh, I'll I'll write up a, a little report on that but nice. um, yeah man Absolutely. always good chatting with you and uh, nice closing out March, uh, looking up to uh, whatever, what, 2024? Jesus, it's all yeah. coming so soon. <laughs> Absolutely. It's it's coming up here here quick. And, I, I, you know, a couple of players, you know, J, we mentioned Jalen McMillan. 
He could be in this mix. Kyle McCord, whoever the Ohio State quarterback is probably in the mix. J.J. McCarthy of Michigan might be in the mix. Jace McClellan of Alabama, if he's the guy at running back. I like Jarquez uh, Hunter of uh, Auburn at running back. You know, there's a few other names we could have mentioned on this episode, but this is – yeah, yeah, there's a fun a bunch of you, you always go with the Pac-12 guys, of course. Yeah, but- <laughs> I am curious. I am curious. Give me 30 seconds on the SMU running back situation. We have LJ Johnson as well as Trey Sanders there now. Do you think yeah. either one of them or both of them have a shot? I, I do. Uh, whoever comes out of that's probably going to get some capital here soon as well. Yeah. But that's probably all the time we have on this show. Uh, but be looking for more episodes of the College to Canton podcast here soon. Uh, we'll, we'll try to be a little bit more consistent as the draft roaches and uh, break down the 2023 crew continually here soon. But you guys take care and uh, be looking for another College of Canton episode here soon.